Creed 3 is an objectively great movie. And in my opinion, it is something that other franchise fans should aspire towards. And I say that because we are now nine movies into the Rocky Cinematic Universe. And for all intents and purposes, this should suck. Like, that is the law of diminishing returns, right? At least according to Hollywood. The more sequels you make, the crapper they get. The second one might be good, like Aliens. And then after that, it's all downhill, baby. I agree with you, but I also say that to call this part of the Rocky film franchise is a hard sell only because from Creed onwards, which for me is when it really became good. It switched its focus. But I disagree though, because even Creed 1 and 2 was so focused on Stallone though. Because he was the guy. No, I know, but it was focused on Stallone through the prism of Creed. And that is what I liked about it, right? Yes, Stallone was the, I guess he was the focus of it, but it was to drive forward this kid that he was helping out. And I liked that. I like that it's not, oh, Rocky Balboa at 78 comes back into the ring for one more fight for the seventh time. I'm just like, fuck that. I totally agree with that. I mean, this isn't like Indiana Jones where Harrison Ford is 80 and still doing Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. they were using this as a backdoor pilot, if you will. But I still think it's very much got that Rocky DNA. And I think that's why it's very much part of the franchise. because. Creed's 1 and 2 were still about wrapping up Rocky's story. Like at the end of 2, yeah. he goes to meet Milo Ventimiglia, his estranged son, and you get a resolution to the story that we saw in Rocky Balboa. And so once that was wrapped up, I think then Creed could become its own thing, which is why this film is so interesting, because Michael B. Jordan changes the variable. Like he keeps the template yep. of what makes a Creed movie or what makes a Rocky movie because that thing is always the fucking same, right? Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in and then I got a train montage and then I got to beat the shit out of someone. That is the one thing I was most disappointed with. That they... Oh, mate, I fucking love that shit. Sorry, no. <laughs> what I mean is I, I was disappointed that Michael B. Jordan aged Michael B. Jordan in the movie. The movie opens and you're like, oh, this is his last fight. He's going to retire. I'm like, right. man, I know what's going to happen in this one, but like, are we not going to get a Creed 4? Because I'd love to see me more Michael B. Jordan just punching dudes up. He keeps the template, but he does something different with it. And I think that's what I like so much about this film. Because yes, it's a retired Creed. You see him spending time with his family. Like that's the new focus. And all of this is before Jonathan Major shows up, which we will get to in a second. But... It's a retired creed and all of that, but even from that fight, even from that first fight in the movie, which is Creed's last fight in inverted commas, yeah. the way he shoots that changes the style of the film. Yes, absolutely. A lot has been said about his anime influence, if you will, and I think it's very clear 
even from that first fight. Like Michael B. Jordan loves anime and you can see that he uses it here. The slow-mo, the focus in on certain parts of the body to foreshadow what he's going to do next. It's just very cool and very slick. I love the later fight, but I really, really love that first one. It feels... That first one was great. It felt so effortlessly stylish. Yeah. It's so full of style and yet it felt so effortless the anime influences are there and you could see everything and you could see everything even with the cameraman in the ring you could still see everything you knew where everybody was and that was just great camera work just great directing from michael b jordan i think what made this movie really work as well and i don't know if everyone will feel the same way but for me It felt really standalone. It felt like even if you hadn't seen Creed 1 and 2, you could enjoy this as a standalone film. Because those first 15 minutes of the film, which give you a young Michael B. Jordan and a young Jonathan Majors, an introduction to their story, and then you see Michael B. Jordan's last fight, like that tells you everything you need to know. That setup was like, these are your characters, let's take it away. And sure, if you've seen all the Rocky movies and all the Creed movies, you would have a lot of back knowledge on who Tessa Thompson is, etc., etc. But for the most part, there is a real emotional heft in this story by itself that doesn't rely on anything that has come before. The fact that this movie comes five years after Creed 2, that was a good decision to make, right? I was speaking to someone after the screening and she was telling me about how she hadn't seen the first two creeds. She felt a little lost watching this. But but even then she said it was a lot of fun and she was able to get into it because like you said, the setup in this film does a lot of that heavy lifting for you. All the things about young Adonis Creed was necessary if you hadn't seen the other stuff, but it's also not vital to telling this story. And I think when it flashes forward to to Creed's last fight, you immediately get the point, right? There's great narration over it about how, oh, this is his last fight. He's going out on top, blah, blah, blah. You immediately get that this guy is a championship fighter, that he's stepping off the ring for the last time. I remember when I was watching the trailer for this and I was reading the news about how Stallone had nothing to do with it. I mean, he's an executive producer, but that's purely just a title. I mean, I think... Not having him in this film was a boon. I think having Stallone in the movie sucks the air out of any story you want to tell because he's Stallone. He's Rocky. He's been there for eight movies. It's like Tony Stark suddenly showing up in a Marvel movie right now. Who cares what the movie's about? It's Robert Downey Jr., right? Yeah. But taking him out of it, Suddenly, the movie becomes laser-focused on these three characters. Adonis Creed, Jonathan Majors, Dame, and Tessa Thompson, right? It's all about those three characters and their lives. And I think it tells a new story. And in that sense, despite sticking to that template, the Rocky template, this felt fresh. A lot of time is spent on the Tessa Thompson family dynamics for Michael B. Jordan. It's not just a Michael B. Jordan's retired, look at him be bored out of his mind kind of movie. He could have very easily done that and it would have been fine, I guess, to an extent. But this idea that Michael B. Jordan is trying to set up the second part of his life while still be in the sport of boxing, 
works very well. And I guess the interesting twist on this as well was that he's happy for the most part. Like he's bored, but he's not itching to go back into boxing. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. genuinely forced back into it. It's not like other movies where, oh, I'm not doing it because my wife doesn't want me to do it. And I promised my family or promised someone on their deathbed, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And I think I like that about this story in that he was a reluctant fighter. Which is something you don't see pulled off very well because like you said, they tend to sort of lean into the, oh, I could have kept going. I want to die in that ring because I'm a fighter to my bones and you know, all that shit, right? But here he's done. He's he's a promoter now. He's a he's a gym owner now. You know, he wants to find the next big thing. And you can tell that he's comfortable with that decision. He's comfortable with that life that he's made for himself. And now a ghost from his past has come back and sort of dragged him back in. And I think that that was really, really interesting as a as a male protagonist in these kinds of movies. Which is completely in line with what the character was as well, because obviously Adonis Creed knows the story of how his father died in the ring. And so, you know, he doesn't want to end up like that. He's got a child of his own. He's not going down that path. He's an entrepreneur. I liked that promoter angle of it because it feels like that's the second life. He's not Rocky. He doesn't have an Italian restaurant somewhere. But yeah. he's still within the sport and he's training the next generation. I like that angle. I thought that was really cool and smart. And natural. All of that felt natural. Totally natural. And then, and then we get to your man crush by Yusuf. Oh, Jonathan snap. fucking Majors. Mr. Jonathan fucking Majors. I swear to God, this man is my new favorite actor. Like it was Denzel, like now it's him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't had a favorite actor in a long time. Mostly because I've been burned by so many of these, my previous air quote favorite actors, you know. Ryan Reynolds was one for a while, only because I find him amusing. But now that I've seen this many movies of Ryan Reynolds, I'm just like, he's just Ryan Reynolds and I'm getting bored of that. But Jonathan fucking Majors, man. I like his range. I like his... You know what it is? I'll be straight up. You know what it is? I like the way his eyes look. In this movie, he can play the wounded animal, the... Oh, woe is me. I'm so beat up. Pity me, please. Just with his eyes. And then, as he wins that first boxing match and Michael B. Jordan looks for him on that beach, you go, fuck, this is a different Jonathan Majors now. His eyes are vicious. Yeah. His eyes are angry. His eyes are filled with mission. And we saw it as Kang as well in Ant-Man. When he is with Michelle Pfeiffer at the beginning of that movie... There is almost a kindness. Yes. And as soon as he gets what he wants, you see that flip. And it's amazing. Like, he is truly terrifying as an antagonist. Every time he's on screen, I was afraid for Adonis Creed. I was genuinely afraid for Adonis Creed. For me, it was the Kang at the end of Loki. That sort of almost manic, maniacal, but in complete control of the uncontrolled. And how he found that the most exciting. And that look Jonathan Majors does. And he does it in Creed as well. It's it's just acting with the eyes and the eyebrows. It's great. And it was just such clever writing for a character in that you have an antagonist here who you absolutely despise 
as the movie is progressing and yet you feel for completely. Yes. It's that balance. You know it's completely beyond his control that circumstance has put him in this situation. But you hate him for treating his best friend in this way. Jonathan Majors' character, his impetus, his drive to do this feels, not even feels, is completely misguided. But coming from Jonathan Majors, you're like, no, no, no. I get what you're saying. I see why you see it that way. Great fucking performance. I just want to watch the Jonathan Majors half of this film because that's a great fucking performance. I mean, to be fair, Michael B. Jordan's no slouch either. He is really good in this film. As his directorial debut, it shows so much maturity. Yes. It is so well constructed. It is a pacey movie that is under two hours. Thank God for that. And yet he crams so much story into this film. It feels incredibly satisfying. And I think that's the thing with all franchises, right? I think if you're a fan of a franchise, you tend to want more of it. And the more of it often has to do, at least the good ones, often has to do with character. Because you just want to spend more time with those individuals. Yeah. And it's incredibly disappointing when the stories that are crafted around those characters ends up sucking. So if you take something like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, for example, that is a perfect example of how you can have fantastic characters in a really Mm. dumbass story with bad writing. Meanwhile, with something like Creed, and even the first two Creed movies, right? Because obviously it's growing out the Rocky franchise. They did it in a very smart way. You take the children of a renowned character, beloved character, and then you kind of slowly grow that character until he becomes his own person and has, I guess, the fortitude to be able to carry his own film. And Creed 3 is that. I don't know, but I think, like no spoilers, but I think there's potential to move on from this point and you know what I'm talking about. So I think there can be a Creed 4 and 5 And it doesn't have to be Creed, the next generation. I think it can be a different thing. I think it can move beyond the, at the end of every movie, the title character's got to come back for one last fight. I agree with what you're saying, and I hope it happens, because I'd love to see Michael B. Jordan in that Sylvester Stallone role. Because this movie sets it up. This movie sets it right up, right? He's he's got the job for it. He's a boxing promoter. It's built into this. It's that wanting to find the next boxing prodigy and whoever that might be i'd love to see michael b jordan take on that role in fact i want to see jonathan majors back oh for sure oh you know what just bring the gang back yeah you see bahay actually the fast movies stole all of those ideas Ugh. from Greek and rocky because all of rocky's enemies end up coming back into the fold as his buddies Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Just like Jason Statham in the Fast movies, Apollo Creed also came back into the fold. It's because Rocky Balboa was such an honorable fighter, man, that they can't help but respect that. As is Vin Diesel, my friend. Mm. As is Mm. Vin Diesel. Mm. Mm. So I I think it's a possibility. And I think what this movie does very well is... I think it highlights why boxing is such an interesting sport. So even in that moment when 
There's a small moment when Creed is teaching his daughter about boxing and what it's about and how it's not just about violence and how it's about yeah. strategy and pacing and timing. Focus and control. I think that is the kind of narrative that is very different from what we'd seen in sports movies before where it's all about the training montage. You're running up some stairs, you're punching some people, but it goes beyond that. This one kind of highlights the fact that it is a mind game. Yeah. And in that last fight between him and Jonathan Majors between Adonis and Dame, you can see that mind game play out. And that's what was very cool for me. Like, that's why it made it slightly different from the other Rocky movies. It wasn't just a battle of attrition. It wasn't like, oh, who's going to get tired first? It's not... <laughs> it's not like that Chaplin movie where they just outpunch each other or Piramli did it as well, right? Where their arms are heavy as stone and they're just, just about touching each other's faces with their gloves. It's not that, right? That's why boxing is called the sweet science. It's this idea that as you're being punched in the face, you also have to be strategic about things. You have to think things through despite that seventh concussion you just got. You're right. I'd love to see more of that. I'd love to see more of the mental boxing which that first fight did very well in creed 3 man i really enjoyed this film yeah i mean i enjoyed the creed movies but i think i didn't enjoy the later rocky movies it just felt too sylvester stallone i think i enjoyed rocky 4 which one was that, that? was the one he was fighting the russians oh okay sure i like that as a piece of propaganda filmmaking, I just thought it was very, very cool. And I enjoyed the last one. I enjoyed Rocky Balboa with the aging Sylvester Stallone because I thought that took an interesting angle as well. Yes, there was the fight in the end, but the movie was actually about him and his estranged son. And I thought mm. that tried to do something different with that. If I'm not mistaken, Sylvester Stallone has been a writer and co-writer of all but two of these movies. So I think he also wrote Creed 2 or co-wrote Creed 2, but he didn't write the first Creed movie and he didn't write this one. Yes, correct. He's had a hand in all of them and I think you can feel his fingerprints all over it. And he's a very good writer, which is something he doesn't get much credit for, despite winning an Oscar for it. Yeah, actually. But I think these movies are a franchise that is definitely worth revisiting. Like if you've never seen the Rocky movies or the Creed movies, they really hold up. Like Rocky 1 is a masterpiece, but the sequels aren't terrible. And I think that's why it's so good. A lot of sequels are actually pretty good. Rocky 2 was fantastic. Rocky 3 was all right. Rocky 4 is a great piece of propaganda filmmaking. Rocky 5 was okay, but none of them are actually shit. And I think that's the most impressive thing about this franchise. In 2023, don't try and binge it because I think it might just be too much Sylvester Stallone. Only because you got to remember that first one was made in 76. Rocky Balboa, which is Rocky 6, was made in 2006, almost 20 years ago. Tastes have changed. <laughs> you know, sentiment sure, has for changed, sure. right? So you have to go into that with an open mind. It's, it's not the most modern. Yet again, Michael B. Jordan as a filmmaker, just very clever use like you don't hear that rocky theme until the very end of the movie he just knows when to use these things and when to tug at your heartstrings and when all of this will work i loved it it was just very well constructed as a film a part of me wants to say this isn't the most ambitious feature film debut but at the same time 
it is a very ambitious feature film debut because he's not making what was Zach Braff's de- debut the one with Natalie Portman I think Garden State it's not a simple talkie right it's not Garden State this is a oh there are so many moving parts in this one not only just moving parts but you have to carry forward the legacy of Rocky of the two creeds that came before it of Ryan Coogler's reimagining or refocusing of the Rocky story to focus on Adonis Creed and to not drop that ball all while being completely natural to himself because this has got his fingerprints all over it. Creed 3 is now showing in Malaysian cinemas. We strongly urge you check it out even if you haven't seen Creed 1 and 2. Let me tell you, after watching Creed 3, it'll make you want to go back and watch Creed 1, 2 and all of those Rocky movies as well. It'll put you in the mood for sure. I don't know about the Rocky movies. Put me in the mood to watch the previous Creed movies. That's for damn sure. Oh man, I want to go back watch all of those Rocky movies. All right, you, you do that over your weekend. <laughs> Check it out. Let us know what you think. You can reach out on all of our social media feeds, GogglerMY. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Send us a message on any one of those platforms and we will send you an invite link to our brand new Discord server where you can talk to us in real time. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Goggler Podcast.